Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Happy long weekend. Yes. How good. Oh my gosh. I am loving life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can readjust now back to like a I five know. day week. I feel like like really the Queen's morning day should have been on the day of her funeral, but it's worked out so well, hey? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree with you, but at the same time, gosh, four day weekend. Yeah. So good. So good. And what's been going on? Um, not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah, you watched the grand final yesterday. Uh, honestly, I watched like a quarter and a bit and then I was just fuming. Like, it was just such a boring crap game. I don't yeah, like we... either team. I was like, oh. We didn't even watch it. Really? No. And then when I saw the scores, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. I was Because we had planned, like we had a barbecue, planned to watch it. And then when I just, I had a feeling, I actually leading up to it, I told everyone, I'm like, it's just going to be so crap. Cause I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just wasn't any big clubs. Like, I feel like Sydney shouldn't have been there. But anyway, yeah. um, I hate Geelong, so I was like, all right. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I was not into it. But I'm like, you know what, I'll give it a chance. Like, hopefully it's a good game. And, yeah, no, nah, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. Uh, did you get up to anything fun at least? Not really. No? No. no I wouldn't say uh, I did anything exciting this year. <laughs> I think I, I went to Spotlight during the grand final. Did you? That's so thought, a good time to go. Yeah, on. <laughs> I thought it would be quiet. Um, but, yeah. Otherwise, what else I've been busy with is creating our merchandise, Ooh, which we haven't lovely. talked about no, yet. No, we haven't. So we have been making some merchandise for the, for the podcast. Um, we're starting with some cool mugs. And they'll be up probably next week, I'd say. So we'll definitely post that on our Instagram. Um, and, yeah. They are so fun. And you've done such an amazing job, Lucky. Yeah, it's been so much fun. I'm obsessed. I'm like, I wanted one of the pink one. I'm like, you've got to make me a pink yeah. one of both. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> uh, and then the next thing that will come up is dog mandanas. They're in the works at the moment. So they should be up in the next few weeks as well. Um, but, yeah. And if you've got any ideas for merch or anything, definitely reach out to us so we can get that organised because it's something yeah. we want to, yeah, we want to start. Yeah, but stay, stay tuned because it'll be like I'm just going to, I'm just actually making like a little Etsy store for us now just so we can pop them up online. So if you wanted to purchase them, you could just go for it. Um, so, yeah, t- like look out for that because that will be up over the next few days. And I'll definitely pop it on our Insta as well. So. Yeah. How fun. So fun. And obviously any any money we make from the merch will go towards making the podcast better. So I think the first thing we want to do is probably buy ourselves some like legit microphones because <laughs> <laughs> we literally record this just with our like earphones. Yeah. Um, so that will probably be the first thing. So, yeah, we'll obviously put the money back into the podcast. Maybe next will be a website, more merch, all that stuff. So exciting things coming yes we are just growing you know like <laughs> let's think about what we were like last like this time last year i know right hey and also wait we've got to give mike a massive shout out yes because he sent us the cutest little like figurines like a little olive and a little victor popped them up on our insta this week but they are so cute yeah and um there's also like a little crime because i sent you photos you haven't seen them yet because i haven't seen you but yeah Thank you, Mike. We love them. They're so They're cute. They're so cute. Yeah. So thoughtful. Isn't it? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
But other than that, should I'm dying to talk about something. Oh, yes, go. Obviously, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows. Whoever doesn't know literally has been living under a rock. Yeah. But Adnan's conviction was overturned on Monday. I still can't believe it. I know, right? And he was released from prison on home detention. Yeah. So now the state have 30 days to set a date for a new trial or mm. decline to prosecute him. Which so, is, his, so his home, like he's obviously on house arrest, but if they decide to not try him within 30 days, he's free to go about his life. Yes. Yeah, so because so, I thought that they had to recharge him, but no. So what this sort of takes you back to when you're first charged. So pretend all those trials, those two trials didn't happen. And now it's like he's just been charged. So the yeah. state have like the option to go ahead and try him or they can drop the charges, which is literally like a less formal way of him being exonerated. Yeah. Which is nuts. But, you know, they can then again, like, charge him later on down the track. But for the time being, it's like nothing happened. Yeah. Which is crazy. Thinking that he's been in jail for, like, 23 years. Like, what the heck? I know. I I expected this moment to be, like, really triumphant. But it feels like they're just really trying to just fly under the radar, you know, like, to get him out. But, like, I think personally I hope he sues them if he doesn't get retried. But I, I just feel like the type of person he is, he won't. Yeah. And do you know what else? Like at the moment, I think because obviously the charge, he's still like charged, he can't sue because there needs to be, for him to sue them, it needs to be clear that he's not like the, um, like the, what's it called? Like the killer. Like yeah. it needs to be like completely clear for him to go ahead. So if they go ahead and charge someone else, then, then the path opens for him to be able to sue them. Okay. I just um, don't think he will, though. No, I don't. I know. I don't reckon either. Yeah. I mean, I hope the people around him sort of like tell him not, to. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> give him like exactly tell him why to. But um, I thought maybe because we have had a few people reaching out, and just in my everyday life, because everyone knows I'm obsessed with the case. Um, heaps of people like what's happening. So I thought maybe we'd do like a little bit more of like an in depth rundown on what actually happened and what's yes. gonna come up. Yep. Okay, so we touched on that last week, but on Wednesday, the 14th of September, the Baltimore State's Attorney Office filed a 21-page brief with the courts requesting they vacate Adnan's conviction as they, quote, lacked confidence in the integrity of the conviction. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing came about because if you remember, like, in our episode, and I cannot believe we just did an episode on this, Lockie, so I'm so refreshed in it because we just covered it. Yeah. Um, but we did speak about at the end of it about a new law that had passed in 2021, which allows juveniles who have been convicted for a crime to seek a new sentence after 20 years in prison. Mm-hmm. So Anand's new lawyer, Erica Sutter, and can I tell you, she is amazing. I didn't know that they, that Justin wasn't his lawyer anymore. Yeah, when did that happen? So 2019, and I think oh. it's because, you know how they obviously lost, which is not Justin's fault, but they lost all those appeals. Yeah. And then oh, and then I think Ravia has said that she, like, sort of, I don't know, got together with a whole bunch of lawyers and they brainstormed and they usually for, like, the next section, it's just better to get a new lawyer. So nothing, it wasn't to anything to do with Justin, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this lady is amazing, right? Anyway, so she approached the state requesting they review Adnan's sentence because obviously he was a juvenile when he yep. went in. Yep. 
So when they began reviewing the case, they noticed a lot of inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. including the cell phone data and Jay's timeline. Yeah. So they also discovered two alternative suspects, which were kept from the defense at trial. Mm -hmm. And this is known as a Brady violation. Yeah. Leading the prosecution to request Adnan receive a new trial. So they did not name these two suspects, but did offer some information on them in the brief. So I want to talk about them a little bit, right? <laughs> so we don't know which suspects which, because they it's sort of the information's just out there, but they don't like specify, do you know what I mean? Who's who? Yeah. But we do know that one of them was convicted of rape specifically attacking a woman in her car and have a history of sexual assault. So it could be one or both or, do you know what I mean, one of each. Uh, We don't know. Yeah. It is also stated in the brief that one of the suspects had a motive and means to kill Hay. They had threatened Hay in front of someone saying they would make her disappear and kill her. Mm -hmm. So this would have to be someone that knows, like that knew her. Yeah. Uh, the two people were like two people reported this suspect to the police at the time of Hayes' murder. So this suspect has said it in front of people and then it's been reported and the police haven't done anything with it. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So as I said, they switch between the two. So you never know which suspect they're talking about, but they do say that one of these guys wasn't properly cleared after taking two polygraphs. Oh. And if you go back and listen to our episode, I think it's really obvious who they are referring to Mm -hmm. as they also mention that one of the suspects has a connection to the burial site. So it's very obvious. If you listen to our episode, you can't not know who this is. Yeah, yeah. Also, one of these suspects has been linked to the car park where Hayes' car was found. Mm Mm-hmm. So the suspect had a family member that lived right there behind this car park and in 1999 he was also living there. Okay. So I'm just going to guess that the polygraph guy, the burial guy and the car park guy are all the same suspect. Yep. And the one that threatened her is the other one. Yep. So they're the two sort of suspects. Um, I find it really random that in the brief they actually state that they could be working together or separately, which is weird. Yeah. And also, like, I'm not really going to, like, we're not going to go into, like, details on who these guys are. I think I've told Lockie who they are. It's, you can find them. One of them, as I said, we've mentioned in the podcast. The other one, we haven't. And honestly, like, I knew about this guy, but it just, I, I cannot see how it connects, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's this guy isn't even really mentioned in serial. Like maybe they don't mention the guy's name, but it's sort of like an over, like as in like they might sort of mention in, him in passing but not by name. Yeah. But in Undisclosed, he's definitely mentioned. In Ravia's book, he's definitely mentioned. So it's sort of a guy part of it but on the outer skirts. It's really interesting. So I don't know what's going to come of it. Yeah. So an interesting point that Ravia made in her book was that the indicator in Hay's car was broken and apparently this indicator, this is like how you hotwire a car, something okay. to do with like the indicator thing, right? Yeah. And why the heck would the killer hotwire a car if it if he had the keys? So this is sort of like because people are like, well, Jay knew where the car was. 
this sort of like was it the police hot wiring the car like no one knows it just at the moment everything's up in the air yeah so we will definitely keep the updates coming as they become available the investigation is still ongoing i like i'm sure they know more than what they've said yeah because they would not have left let a nun out like i feel like if they didn't have a lot more yeah i think if they were pretty certain it was him still they yeah he wouldn't have just come out like that so quick and Exactly. Mm. So, um, yeah, just hoping that the right person is arrested for Hay and her family. And, and even, so Adnan can sue, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and even in Australia, obviously where we are, it was like on the news and stuff. Like I, it was all over the TV the day he was released and I thought. Really? Yeah, and it's just crazy. Like I just feel like it had, it should have had a lot more media coverage throughout his whole time being in jail because he was shouldn't have been there. But now all of a sudden everyone's jumping on the yeah, that pisses and, me off. Yeah, it pisses me off too. And do you know what really annoys me? Mm. Freaking cereal are taking all the credit. And I'm sorry, but even like, uh, as I said, like I re-listened to cereal recently and I was just like infuriated. Me because, too. Yeah, yeah, you're saying, yeah. Because I feel like Sarah Koenig, she, it's almost like she doesn't believe him. And then she was there when he was released and I was like, what the fuck is she doing there? I know, and she put out an episode and oh. she doesn't even mention Undisclosed. And Undisclosed is like um, Adnan's family, a friend who went and made her own po- podcast, sorry, with Colin and Susan, and they are amazing. They uncovered so much information. And that's where this whole thing has come from. Like that's where all this information has come from. And c- everyone's like, you know, the serial podcast got him free. No, it didn't. Like I'm no. sorry, it did not. It might have got eyes on the case, but it did not get him free. Yeah, infuriating. Yeah. So that's my rant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Um, we'll keep everyone updated. It's obviously very exciting. Yes, definitely. I can't believe as well, like obviously we've, you know, been doing this podcast for 12 months, a bit more even, and we only just covered none in the last month and then all of this has just happened. I can't believe it. I know. It actually gives me shivers, Lucky. Like what are the chances? And the only reason we did it is because obviously I was going away for like a few weeks and I'm like, it's a perfect time to research like a big case, like, do you know what I mean? Like a big case. And that was obviously our favorite. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that. That is that. And we should get going into today's episode as we well. We should. Yes. You ready to dive back in? Yes. Let's go. All right. So today we'll be continuing our discussion on the disappearance of Maura Murray. To be honest, doing a two-part was not planned, but no. I'm secretly so excited. We decided to do it last minute, Lockie. Yeah. Thank you, uh, my hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to your hangover. Yeah. It's such a big case and it just means we can take like a deeper dive into some of the theories. Yeah. So we highly recommend you listen to part one before you listen to this episode. But I will pop in now a little refresher. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, the 9th of February, 2004, 21-year-old nursing student Maura Murray emailed her professors and told them that she would be absent from school for the week due to a death in the family. This was a lie. Mm -hmm. She packed up her car and headed towards the White Mountains, Her destination to this day is still unknown. Three hours into her drive at about 7.30 p.m., Maura hit a snowbank. 
Neighbours reported the accident to 911 and when police arrived, Mora was nowhere to be seen. In seven minutes, with multiple neighbours watching the scene, Mora disappeared. So I actually stuffed something up in last week's timeline. (laughs) I wrote the date down and didn't make the link till I listened back. (laughs) So remember I was telling you about that night that Maura was working her security shift and she spent majority of the night on the phone? Yeah. And then had to be escorted back to her dorm because she was so upset? Yeah, talking to Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, because her sister, remember? Oh, her sister. Yeah, her sister. Yeah, yeah. Well... It did happen on the Friday, but it was at the Friday at 1.30 a.m. So it was like the Thursday night shift. I think I wrote the date and just didn't make the connection when I was doing the notes. Mm -hmm. So same with that hit and run. So all that stuff is just – it happened on the Thursday night. And on the Friday, it was the snow day. So she was just home all day, right? Yeah. And then her dad, Fred, arrived on the Saturday to go car shopping. Yeah. So still to this day, it is debated where Maura was heading that Monday with her broken car. Because remember, her car was like on its last legs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was her final destination? So let's go through the main three possibilities and theories that are out there. Yep. So first up is suicide. Mm. So a lot of people theorize that Maura planned to suicide. The police even put out a press release two days after her disappearance claiming she was, quote, possibly suicidal. Other reports claim this is what Fred first thought. Adding to this theory is reports that Maura, some of Maura's belongings were in boxes at her dorm and there was a printed email from Billy left on one of the boxes which reveals that he had cheated on her. Okay. There was also a lot going on in her life at the moment and there is speculation. She, she had just like hit a low point. Yeah. She had wrecked her dad's car. She had like just decided to change career paths. Um, she'd been in trouble with the law, you know, with that, um, that theft, that credit card theft. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was obviously definitely something going on uh, between her and Bill. Yeah. So just all too much for her. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think that there is evidence disproving this theory. Mm-hmm. As it was at the start of semester, a lot of people have said that Maura may have not fully unpacked from winter break. Yeah. So from some of those photos released, it's hard to tell whether the boxes were packed up or un- or not unpacked, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Julie, her sister, has also gone into a little more detail regarding the email from Bill, Mm -hmm. which was not only two years old but was found in a magazine on, like, the side of a computer. It was not, like, laid out for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah. So Maura submitted an assignment the day she left, which I think, like, I mean, you can't get in someone's head. Yeah, exactly, but why would you bother? Yeah. She also contacted her professor to, to tell them that she'd be out of town. Yeah, why would you bother with that as well? Exactly, because you'd only do that if you plan on returning. So, do you know what I mean? You wouldn't get in trouble. Mm. So, Maura packed her bags like she was heading somewhere. This included like her makeup, her workout wear, like all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it makes you think she was actually going somewhere for like an amount of time, you know? And one of the biggest points I think that goes against this theory is that on the afternoon before she left the area, 
she picked up accident report forms that she promised Fred she'd pick up. Yeah. So this is like, because remember she had smashed her dad's car on the Saturday night. This is now the Monday. So I don't know. I just feel like she's obviously, why would you pick them up if you don't plan on filling them in? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So there have been huge searches of the area and not one thing of Maura's has been found. Mm. Maura left her car with her black backpack, keys, wallet, including cash IDs and bank cards, her phone and some alcohol. Okay, yep. There were no footprints found in the snow. The searches after her disappearance have been extensive and included people combing the woods, like search dogs, helicopters with infrared. I just feel like they would have found something. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting, right? So two separate dogs actually lost her scent in exactly the same spot. And it's in the middle of the road, about 250 yards ahead. And this is sort of in front of Butch's house. Butch is the guy that stopped to offer her help with the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So this leads many people to believe that she got into a vehicle. Yeah, okay. So one of the guys that was leading this dog search, right, has only – he's, like, done obviously so many dog searches. I think in the hundreds. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like (laughs) it's in the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he only has two unsolved cases and one of them is Maura's. Oh, so wow. these dogs are like. Just onto it. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be the hundreds. I don't know if that's a lot or not, but I feel like it is. Anyway, um, <laughs> Fred would make his way up to the area every week for years following Maura's disappearance. Yeah. Looking for clues on what may have happened to her with leads leading nowhere. Mm-hmm. Her dad is amazing. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about him in a sec. But, yeah, I just love her dad. Yeah. I think if you look into depth of the searches that have been conducted, another theory that Maura died of exposure can also be ruled out. Yeah. And especially, like, after, the Brandon Law- after Brandon Lawson's body earlier this year was discovered, I did sort of, like, revisit this theory thinking, like, because that sort of didn't cross my mind. With I was like, no, it has to be foul play with Brand- uh, Brandon Lawson. Obviously, they discovered his body. But this is, I feel like it's a little bit different. And think about Brandon Lawson was only a few years, whereas this has been so many more years, if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think, Lockie, with the suicide theory? I don't think so. Yeah. I just think there's uh, – I don't, I don't think you plan to that extent. Like, yeah, I can understand people doing stuff, but, yeah, emailing your professor, doing your assignment, why would you bother? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So another theory is that Maura ran away to start a new life. Yeah. So some people actually believe Maura staged the accident to escape and went to live in Canada. <laughs> I kind of think that this could be legit. Okay, well, let's all right. Let's talk about. It. We'll go. Let's go through it, and then I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, yeah. So there are a bunch of different reasons for this theory. One is that she was trying to escape from Bill, that he was controlling and abusive, and I guess like adding fuel to this sort of fire is allegations that have come out from several women that he has been with. Um, that yeah obviously that he was controlling and abusive he was also served a protective protection sorry order and has gone on trial for sexual assault so that's not good no there are also claims that she was pregnant and was protecting her baby from bill 
people even say that Fred was in on it and gave her that $4,000 that he took out to run with. So we spoke about it last episode, like how the searches on her computer related uh, to her nursing assignment. Um, sorry, the, the searches on her computer was like, I think it was like the effects of alcohol and pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what? I guess pregnancy is like potentially you could say it's ruled out, but I can see how that theory's got legs and it is a reason to run away for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um. It is confirmed, though, that Fred put that money back in his account. So he did not give her four grand, you know what I mean, yeah, to leave yeah. with. Yeah. She only had that $280 that she took out of her bank account. Yeah. And while we are talking about Fred, so this is what I want to talk about, I have to say I think he's amazing and my heart breaks for him, Lockie. Like, oh. Oh, he's just – it just has broken him as a person, hasn't I it? I know. And this man, like, as I said earlier, he drove up every weekend – to search for his daughter. He's done everything in his power to find his daughter. And he has been the subject of theories online, which I, I honestly, I'm not even going to get into because I think no, it's ridiculous. ridiculous, yeah. And you can read it. Listeners, you can read. You can literally find it if you want to, if you're interested. But, yeah, we're not yeah, going to give it airtime. No, not at all. And can I just tell you, like, he, I get why people think he's a little bit savage because, yeah, he tells the police off and he's, like, quite rough with the police and, like, on certain things. But he reminds me of my dad. And I think that's why I let my heart break. Because my dad's a savage. Like, yeah. as in, I feel like if something like this happened, he'd be bagging police and, like, getting into fights with people as yeah. well. Yeah. And passionate, you know. Exactly. And old school. Like, there's something old school about him. And my dad's quite old school. And I don't know. They just relate. And that's why, like, I, I'm not even giving any airtime to the theories that are online about him. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just want to say he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just putting that in the runaway thing because people have said that they ran away, she ran away because of her dad, if that makes sense. Yeah. So another reason that he's out there is remember that hit and run that happened on the Thursday night before Maura disappeared? Yes. Many people give this as a reason for Maura wanting to run away. So some people believe that Maura was responsible for that hit and run. <laughs> the victim was in a really bad way. And at the time, Maura was working her campus security job like that night this happened, right? So yeah. she's checking IDs at the dorm and that's when she became like extremely upset and her supervisor had to take her back to her dorm. So people have said like maybe it wasn't Kathleen, maybe she got so upset because she was involved in the hit and run, she just didn't want to say anything. Mm. So the hit and run victim wasn't found far from where Maura was working. Yeah. And people seem to think like this happened on her break that night. See, I think this theory makes sense as to why she'd be distraught and want to get away for a while. But there's no, like, literally no evidence to support it. It's just a theory. So when you say the victim of the hit and run was in a bad way, do we know, like, did they have? They survived, but I'm quite sure they were in a coma for ages. Okay. Yeah. So, So it was quite bad. Yeah. Um, and obviously they don't remember anything um, and of, people are obsessed with this theory. Uh, like they've obviously reached out to this guy um, and he has no memory of it. And I find it interesting that no one has come forward in yeah. all these years. Like I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I can see how people have made that connection. But the thing is like there's no sort of, yeah, there's no evidence. And also, right, so 
whoever, a lot of people that claim that she was involved in this have said that, like, she smashed her car into the snowbank on purpose to hide the evidence from the hit and run. That makes sense. But an analysis was done on her car and it distribute, like, it distribute, it dis, I can't even get this word out. <laughs> you say it for me, dis, disputes. It, yeah, disputes, got it. yeah. This, right? So, I don't know, what do you think? I think it's, like, possible. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible but unlikely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does, it's weird that a lot of the things do seem to sort of, I don't know, match, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So whichever reason you pick above, you're most likely to run into, like, discussions about Moore's friends helping her disappear. Yeah. Now, heaps of fuel has been added to this theory as her friends have remained really quiet about what happened on that Saturday night with people even saying that maybe that was a going away party for Maura and, like, her friends are all in on it. That's a lot of people to stay quiet, though. But we don't even know who was there. All we know is that was two girls. Nobody else has come forward to being at that party. Yeah. It's weird. So I, I, I totally think something weird has happened at that party. Yeah. And that her friends know more than what they are saying, but I don't think they've helped her run away. I just think that would be so freaking hard to do. Yeah. So the thing is, Maura attempted to start her car seven times that night before leaving it. So if she had stayed the event to leave the car there, like why would you try to start your car and why would you do it right near like residences? You know what I mean? How do we get the seven times? They could tell with her... Um, like, obviously, there must be, uh, you know what? Something I, in the engine that yeah, said, yeah, okay. That they've tried. And I'm pretty sure that I read if she actually, so she must have kept trying to start it, but if she turned it off, turned her car off, took out the key and put it back in, you know, it would have started. That's how they got it out. So they could drive it away from the scene, but she just kept trying to start it without taking the key out of the ignition. How interesting is that? Yeah, that makes me think she may have been a little bit panicked. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to get the heck out of here. Yeah, like, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Another thing as well is her car was almost, like, filled up to the top. So if you're going to stage your car, you wouldn't use all your money to fill up your car and then leave it there. Like, it's just a weird spot. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. weird to think she staged it in that spot. Yeah. I mean, I personally am, le- like, I lean towards that she did run away to start a new life. Interesting, yeah. And that possibly she maybe she was planning there was something planned and this whole accident in the snowbank wasn't planned but she just had to run with it she just yeah. had to go with it and it the car wouldn't start and she thought shit so that's yeah that's just kind and, of what and there is there's like a siding of her running the, all right, this sighting is really weird because I don't think it came to light till ages later and it mm. was a neighbour and the neighbour didn't even tell police. I think he told, like, another neighbour. There's oh, something very weird going on with this sighting. But he claims that he saw someone matching Maura's description running on the night with a backpack. So I guess there's all different stuff just depending on where you read or, do you know what I mean, like what sort of freaking Reddit page you're on. But, like, it's so hard. I just feel like for her to run away, she, like, she couldn't have done it by herself. Like, how the heck? She didn't have that much money. How hard would it be to run away and start a new life? Yeah. But then, like, did she, 
was was it that plan? Did she already have new IDs? Did she literally just go somewhere, get a job, and just go for like go for it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you know what in that day and age, like early two thousands, it would have been so much freaking easier to do it. Yeah. Than now. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like the the fact she took her keys, she like locked her car doors when she left. Like all the, like it's little things that I feel. You know, I always get stuck on the little things. Yeah. I just feel like that's so so weird to, I don't know. So you're, I, you're thinking if she did want to start a new life, why would she lock her car? Yeah. Or like, well, I or think her, that would, I think that points towards her doing that, like running away because she doesn't want people to get into her car. But why would you care if you're never going to go back to it? And, and all I get, I get where you're coming from that she, like that, like the, where she hit the snow bank, bank sorry, is like unplanned, so she just had to go with it. I, I do see that, but I just think it would have been really hard for her to get away like she did and stay away. You know what? I, I could see it if it was like for a year or two, but the fact that it's been this long and like her mum passed away from cancer on her actual birthday, on Maura's birthday years later. Yeah. And her sister Kathleen passed away late last year and I guess – like the family strongly disagree with that theory, like the theory that she's run away for these reasons. But I also think that if you look about, like, look how close she was with her family, with her siblings and stuff like that, I think that if any of the things above happened, whether it was a hit and run or whether she was pregnant, I can see that that's why she was leaving the area, but I don't think she'd stay away with her from her family, if that makes sense. Yeah, see, I, I think that if something had pushed her to, to really want to start a new life, I think the longer it went of with her it's being, harder. it's harder to come back. Yeah. And you never know, maybe she mourned her mum in her own way by herself. Mm. Maybe she doesn't even know her mum's passed away. You, mm. you know, how do you know? It's just crazy because I don't think she would be, a, like this is a huge case, especially like, even going to Canada, I think people tried, like, just, do you know what I mean? Like, because obviously this is such a big theory, like, what you'd need to get through that that um, time and stuff like that. And she'd need some sort of connection. She couldn't have done this just by herself. That's the no. crazy thing. She yeah. would need some sort of connections to get this done. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, me personally, I'm more leaning towards foul play, which we're just about okay. to get into. Um, but, Yeah. Okay, let's get into this one then. All right, cool. So this theory, foul play, seems to fit with some of the evidence. So, again, I'm stuck on the little things. Maura locked her car, um, which makes me think she planned to return to it. She took Sorry, her- yes. just while we're on this, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. Locking the car, do, do you think that that also could have just been muscle memory? Yeah, so, like, she just got out and, like, you just everyone automatically locks your car. Like, maybe that's all it was. Yeah. No, I'll Sorry. give you that. No, okay, no, no, that's right. Um, so, so she took her phone, her keys, her bank cards, and none of this stuff has ever been found. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into her bill, like, straight out. Let's just get him out of the way. Yeah. So he wasn't in the state at the time. So Bill's obviously her boyfriend. Um, and it would have been really hard for him to get off the army base he was like in general to get off the army base would have been quite hard okay what what state was he in <sighs> was he cl- was it a close was it close by like how oh, many I, hours well i think he had to catch a plane in and he ca- oh. and he flew in with his parents okay 
So he flew where, like, I don't know if he met his parents, but they all flew in and there's, like, obviously even his um, phone records that day are in that whatever state he was in. Sorry, I've forgotten off the top of my head. That's where his phone was. And obviously when it landed back where Maura is, that's where, like, they they did look into him extensively because obviously okay. he's the boyfriend. But, yeah. um, yeah, like, unless he hired someone, there's no way he could have been in that area at that time. Yeah, because I'm thinking maybe he helped her run away. See, that, that's a good theory, but I, I don't know. Why would he help her? I don't know. He, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why like, would anyone help her? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Unless something bad had happened, like that hit and run or do you know what I mean? But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. So although I don't think – sorry, although, yeah, I don't think he was involved, I do think there's something really weird going on between them. Yeah, there's something that hasn't come out. Yeah. And yeah. even do you remember like the day she left, he was on the phone to her friend when she was trying to call him. Like mm-hmm. that's freaking weird. Yeah. And I, I cannot find the source of this. I've got a feeling it might have been true, a true crime garage. But there's um, people have said that he were, like had 26 calls before 7.30 and then another 26 calls after 7.30. So I don't know who, they, who it's true, whatever. But he's on the phone a lot. Like, this is mm. crazy. Like, who's he talking to? What's he doing? Yeah. This is freaking creepy, right? So Bill received a missed call on the 11th. So this is when he's going, like, in to help with the search, right? Yeah. And the message – so he's at the airport and a message was left on his phone and it sounded like a woman sort of, like, whimpering, sort of breathing. Oh, God. And when police looked into it, they found that it had come from – a Red Cross calling card. Like okay. that's weird. Yeah. Right? Um, and he showed Fred this. So this is like an actual call that came in. The thing is, so they've, like police obviously looked into this call. They've said that maybe it was someone trying to coordinate emergency leave like for him from the army because obviously his girlfriend's gone missing. Yeah. So that's what they've put it down to. But it's just a weird thing that I'm putting in there because it's weird. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of Bill. So do you think what that he may have tried to help her escape? Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know where I am with that. It's I, it's I, hard it's hard cuz he was at the army base, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I honestly like I think something's going on there, but I I don't know if it's I think you know what? I think this is might might be why she was leaving the area, why she was upset, why all this bad shit was happening in her life. Maybe it was like the effects of her relationship, but I don't think that is why she disappeared, if that makes sense. No, and, like, has he come out and said, you know what, like we were fighting or, like, you know what, we broke up? Like he, he hasn't said anything like that. No, but there, I, I, but obviously he definitely had cheated on her. And yeah, the family, and he, let's say that, that he had cheated on her. And he admits that. Yep, and I'm quite sure that, like, see, there's something, I, there are rumours that um, – Maura was seeing other guys as well. Okay. So even though some people like they were going to get married, they had a great relationship and others are like, mm, there was definitely something rocky going on. But in saying that she was freaking 21, it's not like she's like in her forties and married, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So another theory under the foul play sort of header is yeah. that there was a police cover up. Why? Okay. 
<laughs> it, this is freaking weird. This is weird. I, I do think something weird is going on here. So a witness came forward the day after Maura disappeared with information that she saw an SUV, like a police SUV, at 7.37 at the scene, right? And it was like, um, it was like nose to nose with Maura. Now the thing is, this is before the actual that that cease, the guy that first arrived at the scene. This is before he arrived at the scene, and this guy's name was Cecil. That was the first to respond there. So there's like it's not logged. This SUV was not logged to be at the scene, and yeah. and the thing is right, the SUV was driven by like the police sheriff. And every, like, it, it, I, can't, I don't even know how to explain this, right, like the best way of explaining this. But the first respondent was said to be driving a sedan. But this lady saw an SUV at the scene, right? So she calls it in and she must just think nothing of it. And then she gets like a call back like a day or two, like a day, I think it's a day after. And they're like asking her weird questions like, are you sure it's the SUV and not the sedan you saw at the scene? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure of it. Like she yeah. She was like specific that it was that and that it was labeled 001, which is obviously the sheriff's one. Okay. Anyway, the reason why this again has sort of got some legs is because the chief, the chief, the chief, <laughs> the chief. <laughs> um, had a bit of like a drinking problem. Okay. And I'm quite sure he had been arrested for like a D. DUI. DUI. Yeah. And there's just, like, weird stuff surrounding this thing. And in, like, further interviews, let's just say, like, there is a documentary that I watched and they've gone ahead and said, oh, no, it was me, the first respondent, Cecil. I was the one driving that SUV. But there's all this just, I don't know, random chatter surrounding this. And, like, was the chief definitely wasn't on scene at that, not, like, on that night, but... Did he come across it? Like, who knows? It's just weird. The whole thing's weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's almost unexplainable. Yeah. And like, as I said to you, they've tried to explain it by saying that it was, she did see the right SUV at the scene, but it was actually the other guy that was driving it. Like, I don't know. There is, I honestly, I just think this is weird. There's something weird definitely going on here. Yeah. Um, Whether it's, yeah, who knows what it is. Whether it's like an actual do you know what I mean? They're involved or like it's a cover-up. Who knows? But, yeah, I, mm. yeah, I had to – I wanted to talk about it. Yep. So this is freaking strange. So a local man named Larry told Fred he thought his brother was involved in Maura's disappearance okay. and gave Fred a knife, right, and said, I think my brother was involved and he used this on Maura. Yeah. Now – this is known as like the A-frame house theory. So Fred gave this knife to police for testing, obviously. Yeah. Now, this brother, he rented this A-frame house and it was close by to where Maura had the accident. Yeah. This place is freaking creepy, Lockie. Is this, and, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember it was when we worked together, there was footage that came out of this case and it was like a, it looked like a barn. Yes, yeah. Is yeah, this the A-frame house? Yes, yeah, that's the A-frame house. Okay, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'll pop, pop pictures up for everyone to see. I think even locals speculated that this guy was involved. 
Okay. And in 2006, so he I don't I don't know if they were they weren't able to search the house while he lived there, but he was renting, remember? So mm-hmm. when they finally got access to the house, this was in 2006, dogs were taken to the house and quote went bonkers in like this big closet space that was upstairs. Okay. There was human blood discovered in that closet as well. Yeah. The thing is like it's really hard. Like in the Missing Maura Murray uh, documentary, they test this blood and they say that, yeah, it was human blood, whatever. But like it's no one knows like if it's more or even how much was in there because I've read other things online saying that it was literally just a tiny bit of blood that could have been like from a paper card or something like that. Like it wasn't like a huge amount of blood. And I guess like. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know if this is just like one of those things that has nothing to do with the case. I just think if they can test whether it's human blood, why can't they test whether it's Mora's? I think they can test whether it was female blood, and I think some of it was, and I think it might have even been two. I think there might have been three, like sort of bits of DNA in there. But um, I don't know whether they've tested it against Mora's. Yes, yeah, so that's weird. Enough. That's weird for me. Yeah. See, and this is the thing, right? So if you like deep dive into this A frame house, um, you'll see things online that apparently it was like a gross space, like for like marijuana. Okay, yeah. And people like it might have just been, I don't even know if like, do you know what I mean, whether they've cut themselves or something. Like there's obviously weird shit going on in this house as it is, right? But even how the dogs hit on that closet space, people are like, it might have been the fertilizer because dogs could hit on fertilizer. I don't know. I, this whole thing is just freaking weird, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, most people put it down to that this brother just wanted the money, like as in like the reward, reward money. money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, it is freaking weird. The place is creepy. There definitely is stuff that connects, that, that has like, like I wouldn't rule it out. You know what I yeah. mean? But yeah. At the same time, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This other, like, theory in particular, though, I am really, like, not sold on, but I do think this is a huge possibility. Yeah. And this is, they call them the Loon 3, and I'm going to say, and the red truck, right? Okay, yeah. So a girl has come forward and reported that on the night of Maura's disappearance, she was walking along the side of the road close to where Maura lost control of her car. Yeah. Now, a red truck drove by her slowly as if they were looking for someone. And the owners of this truck have been connected to the Loon 3. So who are the Loon 3, right? So there were a group of three local men who at the time when Maura crashed would have been heading to work along that same road Mm -hmm. to the Loon Mountains. That's why they call them the Loon 3. So these men did not show up to work that night. And yeah, this gives me chills. Like that's that scares me. I don't know why it this theory, something about it makes like gives me a pit in my stomach. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think like, let's just like wh- why would Mora not get into or not get help from um What's his name from um, – gosh, I've gone blank. Sorry, Lockie, Butch. give me one second. Butch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why would Mora not get help from Butch but then get in the car with these three men? We, like, Yeah, exactly. Unless they forced her in. Yeah. But then in saying that, 
remember Butch had said to Mora, I'm going to call the police. And she's like, no, don't. Like, makes me think had Mora been drinking and she didn't want the police to, like, find her, which is what the police originally thought, why, like, she wasn't at the scene. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. This is just a weird thing, right? So her sister Julie theorizes on True Crime Garage that Mora may have found out she had a suspect a suspended license in New Hampshire from okay. a speeding fine she received on the trip she went. Like she had gone on a trip with her dad and Bill. Yeah. So Julie thinks that Mora may have just found out because of the accident she had just had in her dad's car. Plus she was buying a new car, right? Now the only way to reinstate her license would be to pay a fee in person. Yeah. So her sister thinks that maybe she was heading that way to sort of get her license back and like clear this fee and stuff, obviously because she knew her dad was about to use insurance on the accident she had just had in his car and she was just about to buy a new car. So I can see this as a reason why she was heading in that direction alone. Yeah. And then also it sort of goes with, why maybe she would have run if she thought police were coming because she technically didn't have a license in that area. Yeah. Like, so I do like this as a reason to where she was because this always gets me, where was she going? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> well, you're still with the running away. Yeah, I'm still pretty, Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I know. I, no, I'm the same. And, you know, my theory changes all the time with this. I, I still do. I've always lent towards foul play. But what foul play it is, I'm not sure. I'm definitely on with the um, Loon 3. Yeah. But there is something else I do want to talk about. Yeah. So I I don't know why, but I feel like maybe she was heading somewhere with someone she knew. Okay. Yeah. Now, Wait, so you think someone else was in the car with her? Okay, so I, for some reason, this is probably my main theory, like what I always lean towards, and it's that she was heading somewhere with someone she knew mm-hmm. and she was heading, well, I don't know definitely that she was heading this to this place, but I think this is a really good theory, to the UMass cabin. So there was a cabin that belonged to the outing club at UMass and a drive down Route 112 where Maura smashed her car would get you there. Yeah. So this cabin would be booked on weekends, but usually it would sit free during the week. So the cabin was booked both the weekend before and the weekend after Maura's disappearance. And get this right. So this cabin had a combination lock. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, like if she knew someone, or she'd been there before, it's possible she already knew the combination to this cabin. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, sorry, keep going. I was going to say, well, there's a strong rumour that Maura had a relationship with her track coach named, I can't even pronounce it, Hussan Baghdadi. Yeah. So I just call him Hoss, right? Yeah. Um, And he definitely would have had access to this cabin. Okay. And the fact that she purchased alcohol makes me think she was if she wasn't heading here, she's heading somewhere, I don't know, like with someone. Like that's just the feel I get. So, so you think, yeah, I, I see what you're thinking. I don't know. Wouldn't, what if someone booked the cabin? 
what if someone turned up to the cabin? I yeah, but don't forget, like, if they're just going there, let's. Just, I don't even know that it was with because I. I think that she wasn't seeing this guy anymore, but something even if it was like a group of people it makes me think there was a tandem driver okay like for some reason like whether she was staying longer or she was continuing on or needed her own car to do some stuff like was she cheating on bill like this would sort of go with why she didn't really tell anyone where she was going yeah you know what I mean? And the alcohol makes me think that maybe it was like a party. Like it just fits like that she was going somewhere with someone and that when she's crashed, they've circled around and picked her up. And that's why like she didn't get into like Butcher's car, but she got into this other like because she knew them. But do you think with the amount of people that witnessed the scene would have seen someone? Yeah, that that's the one thing. It is just so freaking random that no one – saw anything like that gets to me Mm -hmm. but also like you know like something one I feel I always feel weird with that Saturday night party and then I feel weird that 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 no one knew where she was going like I feel like she would have told someone like did she meet someone on a Saturday on the Saturday night that like her friends just don't see the connection you know what I mean yeah that's where I'm at like not that they were involved but Maybe she was like, do you know what I mean? Sort of, I don't know, chatting with a guy and her friends don't think it was like that big of a deal. And then like, do you know what I mean? That he's like, oh my God, this, do you know what I mean? this is awesome place that I go hiking. You should come up with me. And do you know what I mean? She's like, all this shit's happening in her life. And she's like, yeah, you know what? Effort. I'm going to go for a week. I don't know. Do we know how far away the cabin was from the crash site? Oh, I want to say it was. On the way, maybe if uh, I'd say over an hour. Okay. On the way there, I'm pretty sure it was over an hour away. Yeah, like she wouldn't. There is no way she would have been able to wa- walk there. Walk there, yeah. No, she couldn't walk. It wasn't within walking distance. It was heaps longer. Could have been two hours. Okay. But can I tell you right? So a lot of people, because originally people were like, oh, it was it must had to have been a random like someone. Because remember, I was telling you there was a rag in her tailpipe. Yeah. Right, and now people think that maybe she stopped someone and someone put the rag in a tailpipe to then be able to pick her up on the way. But Fred's come forward and said, I told her that when her car's smoking, to just to avoid like being pulled over from police to put the rag in there. Yeah. So that's sort of been ruled out. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just lean towards she knew this person. I don't know why. Yeah. Or she, someone's doubled back and picked her up. Yeah. You know um, what else I found? And can I tell you, I found Julie Murray, which is Maura's sister's um, TikTok account, and it is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's pretty it, good. Oh, she goes through so much information. I've learned so much from her. Like she's just, yeah, I might even um, pop a few videos that she's done up on our Insta. So I actually just messaged her this weekend to ask and she said that's fine. So I might yeah. pop some of them up. Yeah. Um, something I didn't know, which I found on her uh, TikTok, is that Maura received a phone call, right, around the time she disappeared. And it she didn't actually pick up the call because, remember, she had no reception in yeah. that area. Yeah. And this call did, I think it came from like an hour or so away from where she was but the creepiest thing of all is there was a backpack that was found under suspicious 
circumstances, right? Like it looks like it's like in this dodgy house and nobody knows if it was Maura's backpack, if um, there's been testing done. Like all you know is that there's a backpack being found, but the call bounced off a tower close by to where this backpack was found. It's just weird. Like how would this person have her number? Who was calling her that night? Like that sort of stuff just gets to me. Yeah, I think like maybe if – because I obviously think that she did run away on purpose and it was very, very planned. Maybe that call was like even though she didn't answer it, she knew that when she received a call from this person to get in the next car. Like you know what I mean? Like maybe it was that. Mm, I don't know. Like get in this car. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, And the reason – can I tell you, I'm open to anything really, like apart from like suicide. Like even like the runaway, I'm not convinced – but I'm not unconvinced, if you know yeah. that makes sense. I'm yeah. just more leaning definitely towards foul play. Yeah. And also, like, which I would love to cover uh, Brianna, uh, Brianna Maitland's case. So we won't go into too much detail about her. But she is a 17-year-old that went missing a month after Maura. Maura. And this was about two hours away. And her disappearance is freaking weird as well because again she was alone driving her car and her car was like backed into like this shed I don't even know what the heck you call it like this house shed thing and she's never been seen or heard from again either and this was just a month away so a month after sorry so there is like weird shit going on in this area I don't know yeah yeah yeah, it's not like it was like this area where no one ever went missing or no one ever got murdered on, you know. Yes, yeah. There's dodgy shit going on. I don't know. I just I do the fact that nothing's been found. She's obviously like for her to run away, someone would have to be in on it. How they kept their mouths shut for this long. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Whereas this thing, I don't know. I, I feel like it's someone she knew. I feel like it's either someone she knew, the tandem driver, following her up there. They were going somewhere and something's happened accident like accident or actual like this person had other ideas and they've done it without her knowing you know what I mean like it's someone she met on the Saturday night and sorry last thing I just want to quickly tell you something so in the missing more Murray I think it's missing more Murray um doco it's on um hey you mm-hmm. it's really I, I actually really enjoyed it it's really good so I've always had this tandem driver theory like I just feel like something I don't know there's something to it right yeah anyway so they bring in Alison Dubois <laughs> and I love her like I used to love medium yeah the show right but anyway they bring her in and she taught like what she talks about I don't know why it just gave me freaking chills she talks about like maybe her friends knew something Right, that they don't know. They've got information. They don't know that they've got information. Okay, and that was like, oh, like a lot because I think something <laughs> happened. Like, do you know what I mean? On the Saturday night, and they just don't know it. And she also talks about like maybe this guy, like whoever's car she's got into, she didn't find threatening, or maybe she knew him, like in a way, like he was a familiar face to her. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And he didn't look threatening. Like, whereas Butch. You can, like, I put up a video yesterday. You can see, like, oh, like, even me, like, I don't know if I would have gone with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not in a bad way, but, uh, like, just, I don't know, something about him might have been a little bit more scary. Whereas if it's a young guy, 
And do you know what I mean? Like you might think that he's less threatening and then you get in the car and things change. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, God. Let us know what you think. I'd love to know what everyone else thinks. What are your theories? Um, yeah, craziness. Mora has been added to the FBI database, and this is recently, right? And to be added on there makes me think that they've got, obviously, info that they haven't, they're holding back for some reason. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I still have hope that this case will be solved. Yeah. I mean, that also makes me think foul play because I think if they were pretty certain she'd started a new life why would they yeah exactly and there's <laughs> been like there's been in Canada there's been like sightings but none of them have been like confirmed. legit yeah, yeah le- legit exactly like they're not credible they haven't panned out yeah um and there is so much to this case like as I said we've just like brushed the surface uh there's the missing Maura Murray podcast mm-hmm which is with Tim and Lance, and that's what I used to listen. I think I told you, like, I used to be so into this podcast. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then The Disappearance of Maura Murray Doco, that's on Hey You. And Julie's TikTok account is new. I think she started it late last year. It's amazing for information. And it's coming from her sister. So I feel like it's, if you yeah. want to get legit info, that's the best place to get it. Yeah, and she also talks about information that's not true. She kind of, yes. yeah. Sifts through what's real and what's not. Yeah. There is – we. I did not even talk about it. I didn't even give him, like, the time of down this podcast. Although everyone has said that his research and the documents that he got a hold of, like, have helped the case. Do you know oh, what I mean? This James Renner. Yeah, James Renner. But he's – I'm not on board with his theories, but he's done good research. Like, he's got a lot of – documents that yeah Yeah. that a lot of people couldn't get a hold of so yeah it is what it is with him but um yeah okay and that is the case Lockie that is so if you have a case you want us to cover send us a message on instagram our instagram handle is at caffeine crime and canines and until next week until next week bye